You are listening to the What A Word podcast, an interview style podcast where guests bring their unique experiences and insight on culture, life's challenges, and faith. Each episode is seasoned with words which will inspire and encourage. Now here is your host, Ryan Sharp. Your life can have significance, even though you're dealing with pain that may be private or public. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on yourself. I can remember every orator or every creative who had an impression on me, and they dealt with pain that was private and sometimes public. And my guest is no different. Her name is Carol Addison Lewis. And she has dealt with grief and loss in a way I'm hoping many of us will never have to experience. But from her testimony and her song on the day I met her, she made an indelible impression on my life. And I'm honored to have this opportunity to share her story. Carol Addison Lewis has established a strong presence in the world of business, music, and ministry in the United States and around the world. She developed several businesses which grossed millions of dollars over several years. Today, she's committed to expanding her horizons in the kingdom of God. She is ordained and functions in leadership in the body of Christ. She's a worship leader, transparent, and she's with us today to share her story. You can have significance, even in this season. Don't give up. I'm praying you get the support that you need and you'll get to your healing. Please join me in welcoming my guest, Carol Addison Lewis, to the Water Word Podcast. Come, Carol Addison Lewis, to the podcast. Thank you so much. I feel so honored to be invited. And, you know, I hope that um, whatever we discuss could be, you know, of inspiration to the listeners. I hope that they would be, you know, uplifted in some way that something that's said could spark something positive in their lives. You're most welcome. And I shared during the pre-recording just how impacted I was when I first saw your ministry, uh, you sang, you gave a testimony, and the testimony had to deal with grief and loss, but I felt conviction in your song when you sang, and I was impressed so much that I said, uh, in a post via Facebook, Carol Addison Lewis, I believe every word you sang and, and this is the most difficult question I've ever asked a guest. But what was happening to me? <laughs> what was happening to me in that moment? <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, it is a difficult question. But um, if I were to try to explain what I believe was happening, is that you were receiving um, the truth of the experience that I was 
expressing in the moment. I was through the, um, the song, through the music, telling my story, telling about the hurt and the pain and the difficulty and the trauma and the blindness that I found myself in and also explaining, you know, through my emotions, through my music and through my voice, the fact that, you know, solace was only found in my dependency on God and his word. So I was expressing that all of my help, all, all of it, not some coming from somewhere else, but all of it came from the Lord. And that's, that's what I was attempting to transmit. And perhaps you picked it up, you understood you know, maybe it was convincing yes, that, yes, yes. okay, this is what she's trying to tell me. Uh, it was a impactful moment. And I, as I admitted, you were dealing with something personal and uncomfortable. And um, you were sharing it yes. with an audience of strangers. Mm. Could you explain to yes. us what what happened if you are able to bring us back to that moment? What I was can. your experience? I, I, I sure can. You know, I, I could and I can do it now with a little bit more strength and confidence, even more than I was able to do it then. But um, I had at the time been in deep grief, in deep confusion, in deep hurt, in deep pain you know, suffering um, the loss of my husband um, with whom I'd shared life. Um, we'd built family together and whatnot. And we've been married for over 30 years, over 32 years. And so um, I lost him suddenly coming from, we were traveling home together from a church function and in the midst of our conversation, I knew that he wasn't feeling well. That's why we left the function. And on the way during the conversation, um, he stopped talking, he stopped responding. And um, so what I was experiencing that day when we met, when you and I had the encounter at the church was um, a sense of expression so that the congregation or the people who were hearing would have understood the depth of the pain that I was still experiencing after two years of his passing. That's what it was. It was, um, it was me trying to share or to communicate the kinds of, the kinds of um, depth of loss and darkness that a person experiences once they've lost a loved one in that kind of manner. Now, I know there, there are no two um, grief experiences that might look the same. I hear that all the time, but I could only express what I felt, what I was going through. And, you know, in this moment, I just want to say that there's so many people who go through grief, they go through, um, they, they suffer loss. And they sometimes feel that their behaviors might be dysfunctional or they, they're expected to live up to a certain kind of standard. 
I am saying right now, all of that is hogwash. Your feelings are your feelings. Your hurts and your pains are yours. And they need to be expressed in a manner that is appropriate so that you could, you know, um, take your, the appropriate time and recover eventually as I have to a great extent. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I want people to know that because there were times when I remember, I know you didn't ask me this, but you know, I'm going ahead of myself. There were times when I would feel like, you know, they're looking at me or they're uncomfortable with the fact that I'm sad. So I'm, I'm probably supposed to pretend and put a smile on and look like everything's all right when I know it's not. And so I just want people to know, just be yourselves. You know what I mean? And there are people around who understand. There are people around who have experienced this before and they would know what you're going through and they would be able to share the compassion and to understand. So, um, you know, just trust God and, and, and just be yourself. That's really it. You were also a part of a ministry called Grief Share. And mm-hmm. what I found was your ministry that day allowed other people to join you in the journey, some of whom were perhaps, like you indicated, worrying or concerned about how people were perceiving them and how they were even dealing in that season of grief. And you allowed on that day for those experiencing grief to experience it as a natural part of life. And and, um, I don't know, I want to you could share with me whether that is a part of, was a part of your healing as well. It was absolutely a part of my healing. Um, You know, as I said, um, when we met, it was approximately two years after my husband's passing. And we met because I was connected to that same program that's called Grief Share at that church. But what Grief Share did for me was um, it's the structured program designed to last, you know, um, like a semester of about 13 weeks or so. And it is designed to take a person from the time of death, the journey of grief, you know, from the time of death, from sadness to joy. And it, it walks you through the different stages of grief, you know, from the time you've lost the person and how you feel and what feelings are normal and, you know, where you know you're going beyond the norm to get extra help. And it describes, you know, um, uh, what, you, what you're thinking and, and it also advises um, support the words, you know, readings, writings, and, and um, suggest to you activities that you could get involved in from a personal level and even with others. It tells you how to act and to interact with other people. And, and I mean, it. I had done um, a psych- psychological um, therapy. I had done a psychiatric um I had some a couple of visits, you know, and but the help that I got that really brought me across the bridge was grief share. 
because it's a group setting, number one, and you are with like minds. You're with people who are experiencing perhaps what you are experiencing at the same time. You are with people who understand that kind of hurt and pain that other people don't understand. You know, they felt it. They know what it's like. They know how to feel that loss and that darkness in their own way. So they're there with you and, and you're, you're kind of talking the same language. And that is what impressed me most, even though in my, my first couple of weeks attending, I said very little because I felt, I felt number one, I'm normally shy. It doesn't appear that way now, but normally I'm kind of shy, you know, and so it's for all personalities. They allow you to be yourself. If you are verbose and talkative or what have you, you're welcome. If you want to be like I was, you're also welcome. So it's designed to accommodate all personalities. It allows you to express or not express, but at least to take in the teachings and whatnot. And it really helped me to cross that border of not so much acceptance, but understanding, okay, what you're going through is normal and what you're feeling is normal. You're allowed to take your time and to grow in this and the knowledge of what it is and how you were supposed to um, take it all in and whatnot. So um, for me, it was the best thing I ever did. It was, it's as if they understood me. And I think that's what I needed most to know that some human or some outfit understood what I was going through because I felt the whole world, they were about their own business and life was as usual because it looks as if you were the only one left out. You're the only one hurt. You're mm -hmm. the only one in a mess. You know what I mean? They, all, all these kinds of feelings you have when you, when you've lost a loved one, you like, you know, like a little loopy dog running around and can't even find your way back home. I mean, all of those are experiences that I actually had, I, I felt lost. You touched on the seven stages of grief and I, I did. <laughs> I, I, um, sorry, <laughs> I, I should have had them right at my fingertips so I could ask you, um, in specifically about them, but you've, I think you've touched on uh, the stages in terms of um, uh, shock, uh, anger, um, bewilderment. I, I don't know them on the tip, but you could amplify them for me if you could. <laughs> you know, what are I, the I mean, seven stages? I, I don't. I don't remember them from an academic perspective, you know, to be uh -huh. able to roll them off, you know, the tip of my tongue like that. But I know that, you know, you go through the initial stage of shock and bewilderment and disbelief. And then you go through anger and, you know, the frustrations of, you know, actually trying to deal with this thing. And, and, and then you go through trying to understand it and to try to heal and to try to accept and you know what I mean and try to regain and to rebuild and, and get to the point of, of full acceptance. Now I know I didn't quite say it in an ac academic manner, you know what I'm saying? But um, for me, that's, that's what the experience was like. And that, that's, you know, for the most part what the experience is for the average person. And for some, it takes a long time because for me, I think that I've 
um, it took me almost uh, um, seven years. It, this, I'm in year number seven, and I think it's only this year, 2021, that I came to a point of full acceptance. And, you know, talking to God and saying, look, you know, I understand that you give and you take and you have, you have the plan for our lives and your intention for us is good. And, you know, you know exactly what you're doing and I'm still here and you have me here for a reason. So I'm willing now to um, surrender and allow you to show me what's next. I had not done that before 2021. Caribbeans have a saying called who feels it knows it. And what you've actually mm. described is a 32 year marriage, a sudden passing, and your gift now allows you to sing about your experience in a way that's relatable. And you, you have such a wonderful gift. And it's it was um while encouraging, it was surprising as well how convicted you sounded. But I'm learning now that you also had a background in music. So this is, you're not an overnight, <laughs> a person who just decided to pick up the microphone and sing. You have a background in music. Please tell listeners about your background in music. Okay. Um, I mean, I've been singing for a number of years. I started off as an amateur singer because I love music and I've come from a musical family. So I started off as an amateur doing little children's programs here and there in the Caribbean. But at some point in time, I won a local contest in Trinidad that gave me a little bit of notoriety and you know, put me on the front page of the newspaper as a teenager who had won this talent contest and whatnot. And then from there came some professional sounding gigs, you know, and um, um, I went on to recording some of my own material as well as covering some other people's material. And my career began to develop on, uh, develop on radio. You know, there was airplay, there was media coverage, television programs, and um, it just began to grow. And so um, I went on to traveling abroad. Um, I actually got a scholarship from the Trinidad and Tobago government. So I went to Syracuse University and furthered my studies in music and business of music and then some other things. But I also, um, did some opening performances for um, well-known artists, you know, um, like Lionel Richie and um, Phyllis Hyman, and, mm. uh, the biggest name among the, you know, sure, among sure, them, sure. Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five and um, James Brown and his heyday, my very early days. So I did a lot of those types of performances mm. that exposed me to, you know, excellence and, and um, pushed me to hone my skills even further. And um, there's just some things I had not even shared with you. I um, wrote and produced my own movie that was premiered on Off-Broadway. It's called wow. My Pastor's Secret. I did that in 2017. I've written a lot of plays and poetry and stories. Mm. And so my life is just one of um, a myriad of all kinds of artistic pursuits. But in mm -hmm. terms of music, music has been the vehicle for emotional expression and yes. I'm really sharing my life with the world. Mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. music. 
Mm-hmm. Love music. Wow. And the listeners may know by now that the song that had such an impact on me was Psalm 121. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills. from the Lord who has made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. Mm-hmm. He that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Hallelujah. Well, <laughs> you know, and I, I sat there thinking any person who could give encouragement and hope and joy to someone who had experienced such trauma has to be real. And I Listen, mm. you were singing to a Christian, but when I heard those words, the way you <laughs> sang it, I said, man, this God has to be real. Do you find now that uh, these songs um, have more meaning for you in light of what you've experienced? These songs, Absolutely. messages? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I've always been um, someone who sang from my heart. I've always been someone who um, was able to, from an artistic perspective, um, been able to interpret, been able to communicate the meaning of lyrics. But um, after I I had that trauma and death became real, loss became real, 
it wasn't just singing about lyrics that somebody wrote. It was about singing my own life, my own experience, my own feelings, you know, my gut. That's what it was. So I, I was actually sharing me. It was almost like I wrote those lyrics and I'm telling you now, you know, what, what I'm going through and this is how it feels. So they definitely have a different kind of meaning altogether now. You know, the power of God is, is it's just so different to me now. Before it was like a, a prayer, you know, something you learned to do or you learned the theory of it and you told the story. But now, you know, once you understand that there is nowhere else to turn, when you're in that kind of position and your heart is bleeding, you're actually feeling the pain. Now you understand what those words really mean. It's no longer poetic. It's no longer some kind of theoretical something that somebody else wrote. It's now you and how you are feeling in your heart. It's now you depending on that source to heal you up for real. So, um, yes, sir. It does mean more. It means what it was meant to mean, actually. Mm. It means what it was meant to mean. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Tell listeners how you discovered grief share. And we spoke about it in the pre-recording, but I want listeners <laughs> yes, to hear. I want listeners to hear um, how you discovered grief share, this group yeah. support, this support group. Yeah. And um, I remember saying to you that I almost said I found it by accident, but I changed that rhetoric to express the magnificence of God, because I believe God makes no mistakes at all. And I was randomly going through my email that had accumulated for quite some time after my husband died. I wasn't checking and I had thousands. And I decided that day to go and delete some stuff. And I was about to delete this one, but the word grief and grief share stuck out to me. And just as I was about to flick my finger, I stopped, I paused and I opened it up. And when I read it, it spoke about, you know, this organization that is international also um, had outfits all over the United States and whatnot. And um, it just sounded like something that would be a benefit to me. And I decided I would check it out. And I did my research and, and eventually found um, at the organization downtown and started. That's how I found it. I, it. It was not recommended by a specific individual, nor was it a friend sent it to me because I remember, I think, looking at the sender and I didn't know the sender. It was just randomly, you know, God intended for me to have that and he made it possible for me to have it. It came at the right time because I had already been to psychologists and psychiatrists and whatnot for different types of treatments. And um, without, without what I would call the, the success, you know, if success is what I should call it. But I just felt that I had not improved. I, I felt like I was not healing. I felt like I was just not finding my way. And so finding Grief Share was the beginning of my recovery. Thank you, Grief Share. Plug, plug. And, and I, <laughs> I, I told you, and I, I, I thank you for that testimony as well, that the facilitator, Dr. Sajitha Sutton, 
I, I think in response to maybe the feedback as she was seeing it from maybe members, et cetera, didn't always feel like it was impactful. But after your testimony, I remembered speaking to her, we were gathered in the back and she said, Sister Carol Addison spoke like God himself telling me wow. to keep at it. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, wow. Wow. And, and to her, I would like to say that we, while we are going through what we're going through, while we're in grief, while we're in hurt, while we're in pain, and we are in disillusionment and in sadness and whatnot, we are not really very accommodating. We are not really in a position to be gracious and thankful. Um, we're not really in a position to, um, to show a teacher gratitude. And so it, it would seem like an ungrateful kind of act and sacrifice on the part of, of Dr. Sajita and others like her who do this service, who volunteer. But I, I'll just have you know that your work is not going in vain because you are directly responsible for my recovery. And um, as I say recovery, uh, I'll just throw this in so you understand how serious my situation was prior to grief share. There was a point in time when I was driven to the edge that I didn't even remember in the moment that I had a daughter and a son that I could call. But by dint of God's grace, I picked up the phone and dialed 911. And I told them, if someone didn't come to me right away, something strange was going to happen. I was on the edge of, of doing the unthinkable. And so I'm, I'm saying that sometimes people are, um, people are driven, people are hurt, people are lost. People can't find their way and they need what Grief Share has to offer. And um, I, even though um, after that, that crazy call that I made and I got some help from a psychiatric perspective and whatnot, most of my help came from Grief Share. Grief Share is the program that actually walked me through, helped me to understand what happened and helped me to figure my way through each phase you know, of the journey. And, and also to prepare me for the future, you know, supported me with, with other people who themselves had been further along in the process. That's a great thing too, um, too about the grief share. You have people who are at different stages in their grief process. So that, and they are believable because they, you're in the same community. They're speaking your language. You understand them and they understand you. So there is nobody who's ridiculing you. There's nobody who's criticizing you. There's nobody who's impatient because you're all in the, in the, in the same boat. And so all of that is why Grisha makes sense. And that even when we look like we are, um, we're not rewarding you, even when we look like we're not appreciating. I mean, the word appreciation is not part of our vocabulary when we're in pain. You can't show any niceness. <clears throat> you can't show any graciousness. You can't show anybody the kind of love and, and, um, and, and maybe thank you. You can't even give genuine thank yous because your heart feels robbed. You are trying to recover from 
from a something that you don't even fully understand. You can't even embrace it. You're trying to understand where you are and trying to pull the pieces of your life back together. So you're no good to yourself. And as a result, you, you can't really be all that good to other people who are trying to be good to you. And so um, I want to thank Dr. Sajita and that the whole group for what they did. And um, I didn't only do it once. I did it more than once. And I did it more than once because I recognized the, um, you know, the profound value in the teachings. But I realized that because I was so buried in grief and bent and, you know, twisted up in my mind and sometimes not even listening with all ears that I missed some very, very important principles. So once I began to heal a little bit more, I felt I needed to go back now and, and to enhance and to support the knowledge so that I could grow intelligently and not miss out on a lot of, you know, some of the principles and some of the, you know, a little teaching and, and nuggets that were given. And, and sure enough, um, when I did it the third time, I did it three times. When I did it the third time, that's when I began to see the true value the real true value. And I began to, you know, go over some of the past experiences and fill in the blanks with things that I had missed. So now I feel like I, I completely understand the process. And so um, I'm in a better position now to uh, appreciate someone else who is going through and to support them in the right kind of way. I know it's a mouthful, but... You know, um, it's, it's, I, powerful. I it's powerful, yeah. it's powerful, <laughs> powerful, <laughs> because you know what I'm thinking of, I think for those of us who never participated in a support group like Grief Share, there are a lot of principles we could also learn to support people going through grief because the faith yes. community has a complicated relationship with individuals mm -hmm. going through grief. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, um, it's interesting you said that because I was mad at a couple of people around me who, you know, felt that they were doing the right thing when they said, you know, as a Christian, you're supposed to know, you know, and have faith in God and you're supposed to not grieve and not cry and understand that your husband is with the Lord. And that's what we are all living for. And we expect to go back to. And, you know, I was quietly saying shut up and get out of my face you know uh -huh. i mean you have no idea what this is like until you're walking in it right you don't know these shoes don't fit you and you know so quietly i was saying they don't understand they don't understand the human flesh that we live in pain is pain pain is pain no matter how you dress it up and you put all kinds of words around it about faith and all of that we, we are human beings, you know, we're walking in the flesh. We don't live by the flesh, but, you know, it's real. And, and I think when we are honest with ourselves and with one another, we, we have more success in communicating and really loving unconditionally. You know, but walking around with all this stuff in our heads and throwing scriptures at people because you don't understand it, it just tells me that we have so much more to learn about life and human beings and communication and really loving one another in a true and godly way. Jesus wept. 
You know, Jesus wept when Lazarus' friend died. And that was Jesus. He wept. He felt hurt. He felt the compassion. He felt the loss. He felt the love. He felt whatever he felt. But tears come from certain kinds of expressions of emotions. So that in itself should remind us all that, look, you know, we go through and um, it's, it behooves us not to try to under, be more understanding. Powerful, powerful. Sister Carol, there is somebody going through grief in the last year. So many people have experienced loss, um, some sudden, uh, some they, they were more or less prepared for, but the pain as you've identified, it cuts, it, it, it hurts, it, it leaves them mm. motionless. And that yes. person is in need of some support. Um, mm. Having gone through it, um, you're an ambassador now of Grief Share. <laughs> You've um, spoken positively and openly about your own therapy what could you say to encourage those going through what you've described as the most painful experience ever known to mankind, grief and loss? The first thing I'd say is you are not alone, even though you feel alone, even though you feel disillusioned, you feel cut off, you feel, you know, a sense of desperation, you're not alone. God is still there, no matter what you're thinking, no matter what your condition is, um, no matter, even if you're defying him, he understands, you know, th there's a scripture that I read a little earlier. Um, it's um, in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter three, verse 12, it says, in him, through faith, we may approach God with freedom and with confidence. And I, I, the reason I brought that up is because no matter how you feel, no matter how you think you're in a position where you might even be arguing with God and, and condemning some of the word and because you feel lost, remember that he's a friend and he's there and he understands and he's with you always. And I would say also join a, a grief share group somewhere, find one. Even if you're not in a position to speak much, but join a community of people, that, which is what you would find in a grief share group, of people who are going through what you are going through or have gone through what you've gone through. So they understand is like minds and they've had the experience. So then this is not foreign to them. So that they understand your language, they understand your hurt, they understand your pain, they are like you, you belong. So you're not alone. That's the most important thing. Feeling alone is the thing that drives a lot of people to suicide. And it's important to understand that you're not alone. And that, although it looks impossible at the time, you will get over. You will. Amen. Amen. Carol Addison Lewis has established a strong presence in the world of business, music, and ministry. She is committed to expanding her horizons, and through her music ministry, she spreads the good news of the gospel locally and abroad. Sister Carol Addison Lewis, thank you so much for joining me as a guest of the Waterword Podcast. 
You are so welcome. And I thank you so much for inviting me. I feel so honored, you know, to do anything, anything, you know, for the people. Pleasure was mine. The pleasure was mine. Thank you so much. Absolutely mine too. And God bless you. And God bless all the listeners. Thank you so much. Blessings to you as well. Thank you. Thank you.